You're listening to the Greek's Gridiron live with Ethan Haristadulu. Good afternoon, everyone, and a welcome back to the Greek's Gridiron. It's a Wednesday, December 15th, a day late for the power rankings. Obviously, I had some stuff come up yesterday um, and just did not have time to get the video out and uh, up for you guys to watch. So, Better late than never, I always say. We got ourselves power rankings today. We're going through all 32 teams from worst to first. An interesting week of matchups and not a lot of motion at the top and bottom of the power rankings, but man, that middle of the pack group, every single team, aside from the bottom four, have a shot at getting in the playoffs still, and we are entering now week 15 of the NFL season. It starts tomorrow with Thursday night's matchup. Uh, very wild season so far, super competitive and a lot to talk about today as we go through these rankings. So if you like what we're doing, hit that like button, make sure you're subscribed. We're getting real close to 200 subs and let's start talking some power rankings, shall we? I'll go ahead and pull up the screen for you guys. Now week 15 rankings, we'll start with the bottom seven and then work our way up the list. So starting at number 32, through 26 we begin with the Detroit Lions still sitting at the bottom one win and one win only they continue to look like the worst team in the league they've been sitting at the number 32 spot now for a few weeks not much has changed with them um I will say this they are in a in the long term I feel a better position than the Jaguars who are sitting right above them at number 31 uh, based off the fact that it seems like players and the coaching staff love to be with Dan Campbell, whereas with the Jacksonville Jaguars, who have slipped down to now number 31 and could arguably even be 32 despite a slightly better record than the Lions, uh, there's a lot going on in Jacksonville. More and more keeps coming out about people not liking working with Urban Meyer. And ultimately, I just I feel like we're starting to inch closer and closer into the inevitable of that Urban Meyer is probably not going to be the head coach past this first year. I feel like there has been a lot of drama, just like it, it has not looked good. And it, at this point, with everything that has gone on and the leaking and whatnot, if there seems to be some sort of internal issue, I don't see how Jacksonville can feel like they need to keep Urban Meyer around. They just got eliminated from the playoffs this week as well, along with the Detroit Lions. So, I mean, at this point, start looking towards the future. I love Trevor Lawrence, uh, and there's some pretty good players on that team that are emerging. James Robinson is not being treated like the number one back he should be, and Carlos Hyde, who played for Urban Meyer at Ohio State, is getting favored over him, which is bizarre. Uh, and then someone like Laquan Treadwell, who has been like the only receiving threat on the team. You know, there are a couple of pretty good pieces there that, you know, you have something to build off of. But I just don't think Urban Meyer is the guy to lead the charge. Now, at number 30, we have the Houston Texans already been eliminated from the playoffs. That's three teams now. Um they actually moved up a spot. They jumped the Jaguars. Uh, at this point, this, the Jaguars do not really seem like a very competitive team. The Texans have at least been in it in a couple of games, um, but not doing much, much better. I just feel like at this point in the season, the Texans are showing a little bit more hope than, or a little bit more of some hope or something of the sorts, I guess you would call it, than the Jaguars are. So I have them sitting at number 30, a leapfrogging out of the bottom two. And then at number 29, we are looking at the New York Jets, also eliminated eliminated from playoff contention this week as well. Another team struggling. Um, the ah, Man, the Zach Wilson experiment has just not been going very well, in my opinion. I, I'm really worried about the development of him there. I think Robert Slaw is a great guy. It seems like a lot of the players like playing for him as well, and he's very well-respected among the league. 
I don't want to call into question whether he is the coach or not for this team. It was a very bad roster that he inherited to say that. I think he deserves some time. He does not have the drama and type of issues going on over in Jacksonville or somewhere maybe even like Houston. So I think Robert Salah, despite the season that they're having, working with a rookie quarterback who did miss some time as well due to injury, should probably be around for at least another year or two minimum to really give him a chance to rebuild the team. But at 29, the Jets are sitting there with only three wins on the season. At number 28, we're looking at the New York Giants, another team that uh, this has been probably one of my most disappointing teams of the year that I have pegged. I mean, I there was a lot of hopes for the Giants, and I was definitely one of those people that felt like if everything went well, this could be a double-digit win team. The offensive line has been a disaster. The offense as a whole has been a disaster due to injuries and whatnot and just not being on the same page. And realistically, at this point, it just does not seem like Daniel Jones is the guy. Um, There's even questioning of Joe Judge being the head coach for this team. You know, he's a hardo type of dude. That's his, you know, his mentality and the way he leads the team. I just don't know if Joe Judge is the man to lead the Giants out of obscurity right now as the the wheels continue to just fall off the wagon here. Um, But I do have them sitting at 28, not the worst team, but they are sitting in that bottom five. Next up at number 27, we have the Chicago Bears. They did slide up a spot. I will say that. They were below the Giants. They moved from 28 to 27 uh, due to the fact mostly that they were somewhat competitive against the Packers this past Sunday night. Um, going into halftime, man, you know, the, the Bears were, they dropped 24 points in one quarter. That whole second quarter of the Sunday night game was incredible, the amount of scoring. And there was altogether, I think, 45 points scored between the two teams, 24 for the Bears and then 21 for the Packers. So, I mean, points galore in that second quarter. But the Bears were holding their own for a little bit. They were leading heading into halftime. There was some, you know, some real concern going into that midpoint of the game that the Packers could maybe even drop this one. They did not, however. Bears ultimately come out with a loss, 45-30, to but they do move up a spot for showing some fight against one of the top teams in the NFL. At number 26, we have the Carolina Panthers who continue to skid and skid hard down. Their offense is just non-existent. The defense... At this point, it seems to be, you know, they're, they're still really good. Don't get me wrong. But when you're not getting any help at all from the offensive side of things, it's just going to only hurt the defense more and more, demoralize them. And I feel like it's hard to play at such an elite level defensively when your offense the entire season is just lagging and lagging and lagging, not getting points on the board. Falcons now taking down the Panthers again. Um, I don't really know where to go with the Carolina Panthers. You know, the quarterback situation is obviously the biggest one. The offensive line play is another one that I see a lot of people talking about. So those are probably the two big focal points heading into this offseason, figuring out the QB situation and building up an offensive line that can protect the quarterback one and help make some space for hopefully Christian McCaffrey, who comes back from injury going into next season. Next group of five, we're going to pull up 25 through 21. We got the Falcons at 25. We just mentioned them. Took a big W over the Carolina Panthers, 29-21. Offensively, the team's doing all right. The defense hasn't been doing great. They did allow 21 points to the Panthers. um, But overall... The Falcons are a team that are technically in it in the playoffs, but I feel like are one of the weaker teams in that playoff race. They are very close to being eliminated with a few more losses on the year. I could see them dropping right out of the race, but they still are in it, as is a lot of the bottom of the NFC. Surprisingly, some teams that are under 500 still have shots to make it in the playoffs if things go well for them, but I do have the Falcons sitting at 25. I would like to see them get back to focusing on how to get the ball into a playmaker like Kyle Pitts' hands more. Um, You know, there was a stretch where they were getting him the football a lot. He was putting up some big numbers. I feel like he has started to quiet down a little bit. 
and you know you're selecting a tight end at number four that needs to be a focal piece of this offense and after the loss of Calvin Ridley earlier in the year due to mental health issues he needs to be the guy that this team is focused on getting the football to and making plays with and I hope they can get back to that the defense is something that I think is going to you know that's something that'll only improve through the offseason they need to bring in some more talent there defensively Atlanta has slowly kind of slipped and slipped and slipped as we've gone through the duration of the season at number 24, we have the Seahawks slowly starting to climb. They're on a two-game winning streak now. They got another W this weekend over the Houston Texans. Some people are saying that the Seahawks are back. I don't want to knock them, but they did just have a victory over a Houston Texans team that has not been playing very well this year. So while they have kind of you know, started to steer the ship in the right direction, I don't want to jump on the Seahawks are back bandwagon. There's still plenty of time left for them to maybe score sneak into the playoffs if things go really really well for them and they win out the rest of the year and they have some uh some teams ahead of them lose some games but ultimately I'm not going to sit here and chant Seahawks are back I will say that they're starting to slide up the leaderboards they're starting to you know kind of right some wrongs they've been dealing with all season but that defense has not been great overall they do have one of the lower scoring d's in the league I think they're in like third place for points allowed or third or fourth place for points allowed in the season it's scrolling down on the uh little ticker at the bottom here of the screen you should see it pop up any minute if it has not already but I don't know if I can jump on the Seahawks are back just just yet but a two-game win streak does have them moving up the boards a little at number 23 we have the Washington football team who you know, they were getting completely dominated by the Cowboys and a late surge nearly brought them back to win the game, but a little too late was not enough and they could not ultimately get the W. They fall to Dallas and this was a game that they really needed to win, but they've been, you know, they lost some players on the D line that has, was starting to kind of emerge and get back to being the team that we were looking at last year defensively. However, you know, COVID and injuries and such has kind of taken away the talent. And right now, Washington is back to just kind of fumbling around at the bottom of the NFC East. Um, I, at this point, I don't really see any... I mean, there's a path, obviously, because they're not eliminated from the playoffs, but I feel it very unlikely that Washington gets in. They really needed the win over the Dallas and not being able to get it done and really struggling up until late at the end of the game where the Cowboys D might have softened up a little bit because they had such a comfortable lead and maybe even let up a little bit too much. Uh, I don't think is going to be enough to make them a true contender for even the playoffs. At number 22, Eagles, they did not play this week, so they did slide down one spot just because of motioning throughout the entirety of the board, but not necessarily because of anything they've done, more so just because of what's going on around them. So they are sitting at 22, didn't play this week, and that's where I have them there. At 21, we have the New Orleans Saints. They did get a win, um, but realistically, it's over the New York Jets. They did, you know, they were on a five-game losing streak going into this one. They got a big win that they needed over a team that they should be winning, and they dominated as well. So good on them. However, sitting at 21, I don't really have any real reason to push them up the board. So I'm keeping them at 21. I believe they were there last week, or they might even have been at 20, and I slipped them down a spot because you win a game you're supposed to win. There's other things going on around you teams-wise with teams winning and losing. I don't want to drop, just start driving them up the boards because they beat a team like the New York Jets who are eliminated in the playoffs and don't really have anything to fight for at this point in the season. Next group of five at number 20, the Raiders continue to tumble their way down the leaderboards. Um, this has been, you know, a 3-0 start, lost a few games, won a few more. They were sitting at, I believe, 6-4 and four at one point, if I'm not mistaken, and are just continuing to skid down. They have dealt with so much. It is so unfortunate what has happened to the Raiders. So Raiders fans, I feel you guys. I feel for you guys and your team, you know, losing number one picks or players that were in the first round of the draft. I mean, Arnett, Ruggs, the head coach, you know, and then to go out and dance and, you know, 
fire yourselves up at the center of the field at the Chiefs game and then completely get smashed and punched in the mouth. Not a good look. Obviously, the Las Vegas Raiders are going to have a lot to look at going into this offseason. We'll have to see how things go for them, but it's very unfortunate because this team was looking really, really good early in the season, and it feels like just blow after blow has finally kind of knocked them down, and I could see them having a hard time getting back up with everything and all the drama that has gone on that they've dealt with this season. At number 19, we have the Dolphins, who actually slip up a spot because of just you know teams dropping around them, so they do move up one despite being on a bye week. Um they're on a hot streak right now. I think, what is it, four four games in a row right now? If they win next week, it would be five. Working their way up the board. I do move them up one just because of everyone moving around them and me feeling like, let me give them a little bit more credit for their four-game winning streak. So I have them at 19. Steelers dropping a very important game to a team that they should not have dropped the game to. Uh, they lost the Minnesota Vikings. So I have the Steelers at 18. Really tough showing by this offense the first like three quarters of the game. It wasn't until the fourth quarter where things started to get tight and Pittsburgh had a shot at coming back. I don't know what the hell Chase Claypool is celebrating about in the uh, fourth quarter when you are down eight points. So take that as you will. That's my opinion on that. I don't think you should be celebrating anything unless you are tying a game up. And even that's kind of iffy, but at a moment like that, maybe, but if you are not in the lead, you have nothing to be celebrating about. People are saying, Oh, well the ball got knocked out of his hand. And that's why it took so long. If he takes that ball, as soon as he is down and hands it right back to the referee and they get set up, none of that happens. It's on chase Claypool. Is he the only one to blame for that loss? No, but he was an integral reason as to why they lost that final drive. Next up at number 17, we have the Vikings, who obviously got the W over the Steelers in that Thursday night game. Big matchup for them to keep playoff hopes alive. They showed up when it mattered. Dalvin Cook, a lot of talk about how he was going to do going into this game with the harness on his shoulder and everything showed up and showed out 205 yards on the night and a couple of scores. I was watching him gash the Steelers defense all night long. Very impressed with how he was able to come in and play despite his injury. And the Vikings are moving their way on up the leaderboards. At number 16, we have the Denver Broncos. They get a big victory for themselves as well, not against a tough opponent, but a game that they needed to win to continue their playoff dreams, winning 38-10 to over the Detroit Lions, coming off of the you know very unfortunate news of the passing of Demarius Thomas. Rest in peace to him, and my thoughts and prayers go out to the family. Um, but it was all about Demarius Thomas at the beginning of the game. They started with only 10 players. The ex-receiver, Cortland Sutton, sat out for the play. They let the clock expire. Everyone, round of applause. The Lions even declined the penalty for the delay of game. It was a great showing of respect, and I feel like that emotion and that energy really drove the Broncos into a big win, 38-10. Moving up on the boards. They're in the middle of the pack here. A lot can go on in the AFC right now. There are a lot of teams very well in contention for the playoffs and also with opportunities to win their division because of how tight the AFC is right now. It is it is pretty much anyone's anyone's division in just about every single AFC division at this point with how tightly knit everything is right now. This has probably been one of the more competitive seasons I have witnessed personally in the NFL. It's definitely one been one of the most competitive ones in the last like three or four years or so. Again, nobody has really clinched a playoff spot and locked in their position. And we're already heading into week 15, which I believe is the first time this has happened since 2017. If I'm remembering the statistic correctly that I saw awesome stuff. Shout out to the Broncos sitting at number 16. Let's get into the top path though. 15 through 11, I have the Browns who slide up on the board. I picked them to win this game over the Ravens. I felt like there was a really good combination of them being a top-running team, taking on a, a secondary that just lost um, 
their best cornerback as well with the Ravens there. It was the perfect storm for the Browns, really. And then on top of that, Lamar Jackson going down obviously helped them a little bit more, despite the fact that the Ravens were very close to coming back and nodding up that game. But Cleveland got the win. Um, this one, That game hurt more of the Ravens than anyone else. It was a real unfortunate showing for the offense. I'm very concerned for the secondary over there in Baltimore at this point. With Marlon Humphreys now gone, I mean... It's like literally a who's who is starting in their secondary at this point. I don't know how they have this many corners. I'm assuming they're just picking people up off the street that they think can do something in the secondary, but it's really unfortunate what's happened to the Ravens because they have a really good record despite the injuries they've been dealing with this entire year, and it just seems like they cannot catch a break in the injury sector, especially in their secondary. I don't. I have no idea who is starting for the Ravens anymore I, at this point for them. In it, it, cornerback, safeties, you name it. I have. I think like. The only person I know I think that's starting back there is Wilson. I think that's, and I don't even know his first name at this point. I mean, there's just, it's a who's who in the Ravens secondary there. But the Browns showing up, showing out, getting a big victory over a division rival, keeping their playoff hopes alive. I like them at 15. At number 14, the Bills continue to slide down my board. I probably have them lower than a lot of people. The biggest reason is because I just do not think that they can get it done this year anymore. The running game has all but disappeared. Josh Allen is usually the only reason that running, like the running numbers are even somewhat good to look at when you're looking at like the sheet. But ultimately, the offensive line can't run block. Josh Allen was under pressure all night long. And it feels like it really is just the Josh Allen show offensively for the Bills. And if you can at least slow him down because he's very hard to neutralize, he's a very good playmaker, he's very athletic, he can throw the ball, he can make throws that a lot of quarterbacks can't. Even if you can just slow his ability down to move the football, I just I don't know if the Bills can play playoff type of football, especially if it starts to get cold. Like you got beat in Buffalo in weather that is supposed to benefit you guys, you would think that your offense would be built around the ground and pound and still be able to throw the ball off play action style of play. But no, they're built to beat the Chiefs, but yet they might not even get to see the Chiefs in the playoffs. I don't know if this team could even beat the Chiefs if they met the, in the playoffs. I don't see how they would do so. The running D has become soft. They have no running game. And if you're shutting down the passing game, the Bills just can't seem to get things done. They got close. They came back. Don't get me wrong. But in my opinion... There was no real point in that game where I really thought the Bills were going to beat the Buccaneers. Even when they went into overtime, I just kind of looked at it as, all right, Brady's going to get the ball at some point, and he's probably going to win this game. Like I've seen this a million times over, and the end result was the Buccaneers coming out and winning that one. The Bills dropped to 14 in my power rankings. At number 13, the Ravens, they slip out of the top 10 for the first time in a while. Again, I am very concerned with the secondary. I probably have them lower than a lot of other people do. I don't base my power rankings solely off of record. I, th- I, you know, I consider who's hot, who's not. Record-wise, how have they played? Who have they lost to? Who have they won? There's a lot that I take into consideration with this, but I also take into consideration the state of the team and the possibility of where they're going to be going forward. With Lamar Jackson spraining his ankle, he is not confirmed to be in or out for next week's game. But with him being hurt, the secondary in shambles, they have the worst pass defense in the league. There is a lot to be concerned about over there in Baltimore. And this is more of a reflection on just how I feel this team is going to shake out going forward. There is a lot working against them. It'll take a strong effort for them to get back into the top 10 and really be a threat in the playoffs. But if your quarterback's getting hurt and it mobilizes him, that is going to take away a huge piece of Jackson's game. If the secondary can't stop a pass in this passing league, I mean, there's not really much you can do. They made the Browns look really, really good this past week. 
I'm very concerned for Baltimore, so I have them sitting at 13. Right above them at number 12 is the Bengals. They also slip out of the playoffs as well. Not the playoffs, excuse me, the top 10. And uh, I'm also a little bit concerned about them. I really expected them to win that game in, in San, uh, against San Francisco. Uh, a little bit shocked at the end result. They had a good opportunity to win the game, and they elected for the field goal instead. We'll have to see what happens with the Bengals. They're, I don't know. I really like Cincinnati, so don't get me wrong. I, but as we kind of progress through the season, I just don't know if this is the team that's going to really make it through the playoffs and make a deep run. I could see them maybe slipping into the wild card and losing that first week. But at this point, I think the Bengals need a little bit more before they are a true Super Bowl contender. They've been playing really well. Don't get me wrong. The AFC North is hotly competitive. And Gravy, I'm going to need you to move out of the way here, buddy. My cat loves to be on the camera. But uh, ultimately, I think that the Bengals just need a little bit more, and this isn't going to be quite their year. But they still are a threat in the AFC. I just don't know if this is a Super Bowl contender, but they definitely have a good shot making it into the playoffs. At number 11, we have the 49ers. They got a big win this weekend over the Cincinnati Bengals, who we were just talking about. Um, this is another team that it, they're like... <sighs> I could see them hitting the playoffs for sure, but do I think they're going to go very far? Probably not. I don't really believe in their offense. Their defense has looked really good this later half of the season. I'm just concerned about them offensively and really being able to put up the numbers that you need to put up to stay competitive. They are really good on the ground, so there is that working in their favor. I just don't believe in Jimmy G is probably my biggest issue here. We'll have to see where the 49ers go. Um, I want to just double check the standings because I think that they are a seven and six team, if I'm not mistaken here. They are a seven and six team. So again, they are on on the edges of the playoffs. <clears throat> a, a, you know, a bad game or two could knock them right out. We'll have to see how San Francisco goes. There, there's like this this middle of the pack here from like, and this has been for a while now. I feel like I've talked about this a lot from like. 18 to 11 and even 10 is a very weird place right now because it is so tight between that like middle and top half of the league. Um, no team is better than 10 and three. And there is just such a, especially in the AFC, a condensed group of teams that are like seven and six, six and seven, or maybe like eight and five or whatever it may be. Have you like, if you look, there is I mean, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 teams that are all within about a game or two of each other from 6 and 7 all the way up to the 8 and 5 teams in LA, uh, the LA Chargers and the Baltimore Ravens. It is packed in the middle of the power rankings. And I'll tell you right now, this is not one of those things where if you see a team at 14, you need to think, oh, well, they should be at 10 or blah, blah, blah. Well, to be honest with you, there's really not that much separation between 10 and 14 or even 10 and 16 or 17. It is a packed group in the middle of the power rankings without a doubt. Now, getting into the top 10 at 10 through six, I have the Indianapolis Colts sitting at number 10. I am a Colts fan and I'll tell you guys right now, I don't even know if I want them in the top 10, but based off of how everyone else is playing and teams that they've beat and just how strong the running game is, and how well they have played. They're playing that more playoff style of football that you need to be successful with. I firmly believe in Jonathan Taylor at this point. I don't know how I feel about Carson Wentz still. I have been kind of iffy about him all season long. I'm not doubting him. I'm not buying into him. I'm in kind of like a neutral. I really just need to see how this whole season plays out before I can make a decision on whether I like Carson in Indy or not. And again, I don't know if they belong at 10. They're somewhere within that like 10 to 13 range and you could probably argue them a little bit higher or lower but they have a win over the 49ers so 
that in itself, based off of where they are, I'm okay with them at number 10. At number nine, we have the Chargers. Big win for them. Justin Herbert. He has got to be in the conversation of top five quarterbacks in the NFL at this point. He made some stellar throws this past weekend against a Giants team that is struggling, yes, but I mean, you did what you should be doing to a team that is struggling, sitting at only, what is it, I believe, four wins the Giants have at this point in the season. Yeah, they're four and nine. Um, I I love what they're doing on offense. I love the risk-taking. I love the ability of Herbert. They have Eckler in the ground. I mean, the, the wide receiver group is great. Um, it'll really boil down to, I think, what this defense can do for them come playoff time. They have had some games where they've let up a lot of points. Um, they got a little comfortable, and the Giants kind of made things a little bit closer than I think the game should have towards the end. But ultimately, they did get the W. Their offense is looking great. Staley, as a rookie head coach, is looking awesome. Herbert has done phenomenal things in his first year of a new system. Um, I'm really believing in the Chargers right now. I think they're one of the hotter teams in the AFC. They have a win over their division rival, the Chiefs, already. So big opportunity for them to leapfrog and take over the number one spot fairly soon with a matchup coming up with the Chiefs. We'll have to see where they go. At number eight, we got the Tennessee Titans. Um, they did what you should do against a struggling division rival, and that was completely blow them out. 20-0 to did not allow any points. They made the Jaguars look as bad as they are. Um, this could be a little bit high. It could be a little bit low, depending on who you're talking to. They did just get back Julio Jones. It sounds like there's potential for them to be getting Derrick Henry back come playoff time. If the Titans can continue to win and keep a good record and, you know, Derrick Henry is able to come back for the playoffs, this is a very scary team. They're winning games still, despite a lot of injuries. I'm slowly moving them back up the board. I was concerned with the loss of Henry, how this team would look. They've been able to stay afloat and keep themselves in a really good spot in the AFC. I want to say that they're in the top four for, yeah, they're actually the number, they're considered the number two seed. So, I mean, they're in there. Do I think that they're the best team right, or one of the best teams in the AFC right at this moment? Maybe not, but when players continue to come back from injury, this is a very scary team when fully healthy and not a team you want to meet come December and January when you're playing in that cold weather and it becomes more of a ground game than an air game. Very excited about what the Titans can do, and I'm a Colts fan, but if they get healthy and they're getting Derrick Henry back week 18, week 17, or that first week of the playoffs, things are getting scary with Tennessee. At number seven, we have the Dallas Cowboys. They um, initially, blowing out Washington, kind of let them come back into the game. Even There, there was a moment there where uh, I believe it was when Washington made the game 27-20. They caught Dak Prescott with just his jaw open in disbelief at the fact that Washington was coming back the way they were. I think that was kind of everyone's reaction as it was happening. Um, Dallas slipped up. They were still able to get the win. That's what you want to see from teams that are... You know, you want to see teams that are battle tested. You want to see them win in odd situations or you or thwart a comeback or something like that. The Cal the Dallas Cowboys did that. Micah Parsons at this point in the year has a very strong case for not even just defensive rookie of the year, but defensive player of the year. The dude is playing out of his mind. He is the odds on favorite for D rookie. And honestly, I mean, you could have maybe argued Patrick Sertain a couple of weeks ago, but I think Micah Parsons has really separated himself as a man amongst men right now. And I mean, he does not look like a rookie player at all. And I don't think that limiting him to defensive rookie of the year at this point is even fair. I just said last week, he has a case on a post that I was talking to people about. And now at this point, like he has a case for D D Depoy. I forget about defensive rookie of the year. It's defensive player at this point. 
Micah Parsons, I'm, I sound like I'm fangirling right now, but I mean, dude, the guy's awesome. He's a stud. He can play on the edge. He plays linebacker. Like that dude is an athlete and he does everything well. At number six, we have the Kansas City Chiefs who have continued their little bounce back here. I believe they're sitting at, is it a six game winning streak right now? They are six game winning streak. Long gone are the days of everyone doubting what Kansas City can do. They came in and punched the Raiders in the mouth after having the Raiders dance on their logo at the beginning. A lot of players said they didn't even know about this until post game. Um, I'm surprised they didn't because I feel like that's, I mean, that's something the Ravens and the Titans have like fought about happening. So I'm surprised that a team like the Chiefs weren't paying attention when their division rival was literally hyping themselves up on their home field logo. But uh, ultimately, Kansas City has shown that they are back. They are a playoff contender. They are one of the best in the AFC. They are the number three seed at nine and four. I'm very impressed with the turnaround that this team had at one point, three and four. A lot of people doubting them, myself included. I was a little bit concerned about what was going on there defensively, but the defense has kind of adjusted and, and somehow fixed themselves in the middle of the year. And on top of that, the offense is slowly starting to find themselves. Granted, I will make note that their two best games of the year were when they were seeing single high safety play, and that was against the Raiders in both of those games. So clearly, do not play single high safety any in any fashion against the Kansas City Chiefs. Otherwise, you'll see them put up 48 and 41 points respectively in the two games that they met the Raiders in this year. So obviously, the Raiders not paying attention to what everyone else has been doing to at least slow them down, and they got punched in the mouth, and the Chiefs are now sitting at number six in the league. And now for the top five, this interesting week, big loss on the Cardinals. I'm excited to show the top five for you guys right now. I'd love to know what you guys think about these rankings here, especially these like top 10 teams here. I'm very curious to see what some people are thinking and where your heads are at. Don't just tell me you think that these teams are in the wrong spot. Where would you rank them? Tell me in the comments below. I would love to know, one, who you would rank in those top five, maybe 10 spots, and also two, why. Anyone can just say they belong anywhere and i could just i could just list out an, an entire power 32 in a post and leave it at that but no i'm here explaining to you guys why i think they belong where they do don't just give me some snarky oh this team needs to be there why do they need to be there give me some good reasons i love seeing well thought out responses to these power rankings here at number five the new england patriots they did not play this week they slipped down one spot more so because of what's going on up above them than anything else so at number five the new england patriots at number four the la rams they get a big win over the Arizona Cardinals this week, 30-23. to It was a wild Monday night game to watch. It came down to the final drive, watching Arizona shoot themselves in the foot on that final drive. 15 yards of penalties off of a holding and then a false start right after. I mean, talk about just throwing your chances to knot up the game away in real time in front of everybody. Um, I have them at number four. I have them right below the Cardinals because they have split their series and the Cardinals have a far more dominating victory over the Rams than the Rams do over the Cardinals. So with that in mind, LA Rams at four, I do have the Cardinals slipping down two spots to the number three position. I still like Arizona. It was a tough game for Kyler Murray. A couple of bad interceptions probably put them in a spot to lose. Uh, but ultimately, for a team to be 10-3, and three, and at one point they were missing a handful of starters on offense and still winning games at that, I think as an entire team, the Cardinals are a very impressive unit. Only lost three games to this point in the season. Very excited about where they're going. I think that they are they're 100% a playoff team. I'm not doubting them because they just lost to the Rams. I know some people are starting to doubt them and they, oh, the cracks are showing in Arizona. 
they're bound to lose another game. They only had two losses at that at this point. They're bound to lose another game. Nobody's undefeated. Everyone has three losses or more. I mean, you can't really knock the Cardinals too much. I like them at number three. And number two, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady and the boys over in Tampa. Big win over Buffalo. That game was awesome to watch. If you did not get to watch it, how unfortunate for you because it really came down to the wire in overtime there. Brady with the walk-off check down for a touchdown score. Uh, definitely one of those games where, you know, Brady against Buffalo, he's like 33 and three against them or something like that at this point. I mean, the dude's been playing them forever in his career and fitting enough in Tampa Bay, he gets to play them again and help the Patriots out by making it a two game difference between them and new England. But, um, shout out to Tampa Bay. I mean, you want to talk about a team that has had a couple of ups and downs here so far this season, but overall a fantastic unit, 10 and three are in the thick of the playoff race. They are, I believe the number two team in the NFC. If I'm not mistaken, we'll check that real quick. They are the number two team in the NFC at this point based off of record and seeding for the playoffs. We're getting to that time of year where, you know, Tom Brady tends, tends to start doing his thing. The number one team I have on the power rankings is the Green Bay Packers, more so because they have a big victory over the Cardinals and record-wise and per like rank or divisional matchup and and or what is it divisional wins and what or conference wins, not divisional wins, excuse me. They do have Green Bay as the number one seed at this moment. They have the best conference record, is what I was trying to say, is sitting at eight and two, whereas Tampa Bay and Arizona are at six and three, with Arizona losing to them. So can Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay, despite all the drama this offseason, pull into the playoffs as the number one seed? I mean, at this point, things are looking up for them. They did get into a weird spot with the Bears this past week, but ultimately when it came down to crunch time, that entire second half was all Green Bay all game long. So I don't know if I'm going to be worried about the Packers too much. I think that at this point, you have to label them the number one team just based off of wins that they have over people and how well they have been playing. Rodgers just put on an MVP-type performance with his almost 400 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, Green Bay is just firing on all cylinders right now. Defensively, they look good. Offensively, they look good. You have to be excited about what Green Bay is doing. So I have them at number one. Let me know what you guys think in the comment section down below. Tell me why you know, who, who, who is, who is right? Who is wrong as to where they are on this power rankings? Where would you guys put somebody? Give me some reasons why, you know, I love responses and I love even more detailed responses. Let me know what you guys think. I'll catch you guys tomorrow with an NFL picks and we'll go over all, I think it's, I think 16 games at this point, because everyone's had their bye weeks. Now we are in that time of year. Playoffs are right around the corner. I believe everyone has wrapped up their bye weeks now. So we're getting 16 games a week for the next, what was it, like th uh, three weeks, 15, 16, 17, and 18. Four more weeks of 16 games a week. Fun stuff. We got Saturday games this week. We got Sunday games this week, Thursday, Monday. Really fun schedule. Cannot wait. I'll see you guys for tomorrow and some NFL picks.